This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. That's classic Elvis Costello with Welcome to the Working Week. Well, what if we welcomed the Working Week on Tuesday? Or said goodbye to it on Thursday, and our Working Week was only four days long? New research out of Iceland shows that employees who shifted to shorter work weeks for the same pay found greater happiness with no loss in productivity. In some cases, researchers found workers were more productive. So is it time to bring the four-day week to the U.S.? Alex Sujung Kim Pang is the founder of Strategy and Rest. It's a consulting firm helping companies make four-day work weeks a reality. He's also the author of three books on work optimization. Alex, welcome to Reset. Hi, great to be with you. Alex, what do you make of the trials over in Iceland? Well, um, I think they are sort of very interesting. They're very encouraging. And I think that they illustrate how the four-day week is something, or a shorter work week of any kind, is something that can be achieved not you know, just for office workers or creatives, but for people who work in hospitals, for nurses, for you know, first responders and people in law enforcement. And so I think that part of what's you know, important about this is that it shows just how broadly accessible the four-day week now can be um, across all segments of an economy and all kinds of work. Well, I want to put into context that you know, Iceland is, is a really small country for those who aren't aware. It's about the size of Ohio. And its entire workforce is just 200,000 people. Why do you think it's time to bring the four-day work week here to the U.S.? Well, the four-day work week is actually already here in the sense, first off, that there are companies who have already moved to four-day weeks, sometimes permanently, sometimes you know, using things like summer Fridays or, you know, com- or week-long shutdowns to give everybody a break and a chance to reset. But it's also the case that you know, studies of workplace distraction, of the amount of time lost to multitasking, to overly long meetings, to bad processes, tell us that we lose, on average, two or three hours of productive work time every day. And so what that means is that advances in you know, technology and other things, the four-day week is actually already here. It's just buried underneath all of this rubble that, that, if we can clear away, would allow us to do five days of work in four. And companies that have moved to four-day weeks have done exactly that. They've made meetings shorter. They use technology better. They have focus times where people can be a little bit antisocial so that they can get their most important tasks done. And that proves to be a really effective way for them of making a four-day week something that is feasible for companies 
and it's great for people. So you're now working on a campaign that would shift the work week from a standard 40 hours to 32 hours for the same pay and benefits. What kind of employers have, have signed the petition so far? Um, so far, we've got Kickstarter, who is probably the you know the one of the best known of them, and we're in uh, we're in conversations with sort of several others, and we hope to have announcements soon. But also, you know, sort of individuals can also sort of sign our petition to sort of to advocate for a shorter week at action dot week dot com, and you can learn more about it and how companies make it work, and how individual and how individuals can benefit from a shorter work week as well. Well, let's jump to the phone lines. We've got some folks waiting to join the conversation. Here's Al in Marengo. Hey, Al, what are your thoughts on the four-day work week? I experienced it for 16 years at Walgreens as a computer operator. We worked three 12-hour shifts one week and four 12-hour shifts the following week. I oscillated back and forth, and that allowed me to go on camping trips with the scouts with my son. It allowed me to do chaperoning for his marching band to South Dakota or Disneyland. So you like the flexibility? I love the flexibility. You don't burn up all your vacation and personal time for a doctor's visit or a car repair because you also have days off when other people are working and things are open. Interesting. Thanks for calling, Al. I'm glad that he he shared that. It, you know, I've never had the four day work week scenario. Alex, how about you? I actually do a four day work week because um, I do everything that I talk about in. in my yeah, book. well, that would make the most um, sense. No. I, I'm happy you said that. <laughs> I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this <laughs> but, is you know, reset. I think that, uh, you know, Al's sort of Al's experience is very much in line with what with what everybody reports about how they spend their extra time when they have, you know, another day off. Um, people do disgustingly wholesome things. They spend time with family, they eat better, they exercise. And you know, this is this is very consistent no matter whether you are working in software or you're a mechanic or you're a nurse's aide. So it really does benefit everybody. All right, let's hear now from Aaron in North Center. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to Reset. Okay, so I think it should be industry-based. Um, my father, I grew up with having a four-day work week. He worked four 10-hour days. He was a foreman of a forestry crew. It was project-based. As long as they met their deadline, everything was good. Whereas I'm a teacher, and I think, and some teachers may cringe here, but I think we should stay with a five-day week because there's a lot of learning loss that can happen with uh, a three-day weekend. So I think it should definitely be industry-specific, but it's also, as Al said, a great opportunity for people to spend more time with their family. Uh, that's what I experienced with my dad. Interesting. Thanks for calling, Aaron. Uh, Alex, Aaron mentions this learning loss. Do you agree? The studies are a little inconclusive about this right now. Um, about a quarter of school districts in the United States have at least one school that's moved to a four-day week, but they tended to do so either because they're rural districts who need to, you know, attract and retain good teachers and struggle to do so otherwise, or they've had their budgets cut. And so they're kind of playing, uh, sort of playing defense. The impacts on learning are so far not entirely clear, but, you know, I think that the, the schools that have, uh, that have done it best have, you know, taken a fifth day and sometimes stayed open so that kids can come in and do activities. They can, you know, sort of do band practice, rehearsals, sort of that kind of sort of extracurricular stuff. But I do think it is the case that 
you know, it, that it plays out differently in different industries. But the, you know, the bottom line, though, is that shorter work weeks, I think, are accessible to just about everybody. It's just a question of figuring out how to design them to work best for your market, your customers, and the rhythms of your of your industry. To that end, is the four-day work week better suited for certain companies then? You know, it is easier to implement for certain kinds of companies. You know, in industries where you have to have someone on 24-7, shortening shifts tends to be sort of the, the more logical way to go. So, for example, with law enforcement or nursing, they tend to you know, go from you know, eight-hour shifts or sometimes you know, 10 or 12 down to sort of six hours, which means you have to hire more people, but you actually make a lot of that money back because you're paying less overtime and you've also got sort of lower attrition rates, lower rates of burnout. So I think that a shorter work week can be designed for just about everybody, thanks to better technology or other things. And so it's just a question of having the imagination and the leadership necessary sort of to make it so. Let's hear now from Elizabeth in Wicker Park. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Reset. Hi, how are you? Doing well. What are your thoughts on on this four-day work week? Do you think it's a good idea? I do, and I worked in consulting on teams for a long time, and I watched a lot of especially lawyers move to four-day week to retain people, and I can say um, when white-collar people are changing jobs average every two years, the ones that switch to the four-day week with, by the way, that there were caveats. You had to keep your billing hours at the same level or better, and it had to be profitable for the company, but people didn't leave, and they got better and better at their jobs, knew the clients better, And so there's so many extra benefits for the leaders that aren't really necessarily seen at the beginning. But if you're keeping your staff and they're not going somewhere else for an extra five grand a year because they have this four-day work week, you're extremely competitive in your market right now. Good point. Thanks for calling, Elizabeth. And let's head right now to Renee. She's calling from Waukegan. Hi, Renee. Welcome to Reset. Hi. What are your thoughts on the four-day work week? Um, I had to do a four-day work week uh, for a solid year, and that by four-day work week, I mean four 10-hour days due to economic hardship where I was working, the goal of which was to save energy by having the power shut off on Fridays, and I hated it, and everybody I worked with also pretty much hated it because you have your Friday off, yes, but you still had to be on call and answer the phone, and weeknights, you were so exhausted at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. How could you have energy to even cook yourself a healthy meal? So if you, you were still or, on call, it was almost like you were still working the five-day week, it sounds like. Yeah, and at the end of it, too, if you're a parent, how do you pick up your kid every night from school when you're getting off work at 7 o'clock? Yeah, that's difficult. Thanks for, for calling. I'm, it's interesting hearing... Renee's opinion on this, Alex, you know, I wonder if you can walk us through some of the challenges that come with this kind of model. Yeah, you know, I think that moving to four 10-hour days is problematic for exactly the reasons that Renee said. And there are some people who say that they really like it. And basically, I think that sort of they focus more on having the three days off than having to work, you know, sort of, sort of work longer individual days. But you know, the companies that, that I've been looking at and that I write about in my book, Shorter, have re- actually reduced working hours 
overall, right? They've gone from 40 to 32 hours or even 30 hour work weeks without cutting salaries and without changing you know, expectations about productivity or customer service. And so I think that the, you know, the, that before 10 hour day is one that can appeal to some people. And, you know, as Elizabeth said, you know, individual at her law firm, there were individual attorneys who were able to negotiate four, four, four day weeks. But, you know, the, what we're seeing now is the benefit that comes both from shortening working hours and doing it across the organization for everybody, you know, which gives people incentives to or to figure out how to be more productive, to collaborate better, to make it possible for everybody to enjoy the benefits of this without the you know without the potential exhaustion that comes from working a, working a longer day and having to take that fifth day yeah. just to recover. So then, companies considering making that transition, what would you give me the bullet point list of what they should consider? You know, the first thing is make meetings a lot shorter. Nobody likes long, meandering meetings, and everybody knows that we could do it better. And, you know, moving meetings from hour-long meetings to, let's say, 10 or 15-minute stand-ups, first off, frees up a lot of time in people's schedules, but it also shows that this thing that everybody has always complained about, never, never fixed, can actually be changed if we work together and we're conscious about it. The second thing is use technology more mindfully, right? There's a huge amount of lost time to distraction, to the Slack channels, to the hundred emails that, that knowledge workers get per day. Get control of that and sort of you free up yet more time. And then the third big thing is, I mean, the workday itself carving out time so that people have sometimes just a few hours a week for heads-down focused work. That allows people to be a lot more productive in those times. It also means that you're freer in sort of to you know, do things like go out to lunch with colleagues or to have other kinds of you know, more purely social things that sort of balance out, your, sort of balance out that, uh, that heads-down time and make companies both more productive places, but also happier. So that's what I would do. Let's hear now from Andrew in Pilsen. Hey, Andrew, have you ever worked a four-day work week? Hello. Uh, Yes, I have. I interned at an art museum in Los Angeles, and it worked on an alternating off-Friday schedule. So one week you would have a normal uh, nine-to-five, and then the next week you would have uh, a 10-hour workday with an off Friday. And it was really great in that a lot of those off Fridays landed on a weekend where there was a Monday holiday. So oftentimes uh, you would have a four-day work week or four-day weekend. And within that, um, my supervisor was a working mother and the institution was really flexible with her schedule and she would come in at 6 a.m., leave at 3 p.m., able to pick her kids up from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having that kind of ultra-hybrid, alternating off-Friday, four-day work week was really great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Andrew. Alex, other than shifting to a four-day work week, how else are companies trying to shake up traditional work hours? The other big thing that I'm seeing is a shift to uh, 30-hour work, work weeks where you're doing, let's say, six-hour days. And one of the interesting things you see here is with things like government services, 
you don't you know you don't actually close the office early. You create two shifts and you keep the office open for 12 hours, which is a win-win because workers themselves are sort of are enjoying a shorter work week, mm-hmm. but the public is actually able to access services, you know, for sort of for sort of more of the day. And I think that that turns out to be pretty popular. And then, of course, we have a thousand and one other experiments going on right now with flexible work, with hybrid systems, with people working offsite a couple days and then in the office for two days. So I think we're in a period where we're going to see a lot of experimentation of this sort. Yeah. And we're, you know, happy to see the four day week as part of that. Well, some argue this four day week could diminish America's economic strength. What's your response to that? First of all, that America's economic strength was not diminished when it went from six-day weeks to five-day weeks, or when we went to, you know, from you know 48-hour work weeks to 40. And you know, companies around the world, or countries around the world that have done this more recently, likewise have seen increases in you know, growth in their economies, not you know, sort of not not a move backwards. China did it in 1995, and they haven't suffered uh, would have suffered anything as a result. Yeah. I think if you do, you know, if you're if you're mindful about it, you can have increases in productivity that more than make up for those reductions in hours. Plus, you know, the additional benefits of lower rates of burnout, happier family time, more creative workers. And you know a more productive workforce, so it can be great for people and companies and for the economy as a whole. Let's squeeze in one final caller. John's on the line in Streamwood. Hi, John. What's your comment? Hi, um, I'm a teacher, and I wanted to talk about the idea of a four-way, uh, four-day work week in education. First and foremost. Brain drain does exist, but over a three-day weekend, it's not nearly as substantial as the main culprit of brain drain, which unfortunately is something we all love in summer vacation. I'm on summer vacation right now. I love it. I love the idea of having a few months off to recharge. Mm -hmm. But at the very same time, that is when I end up having to reteach concepts from seventh grade in my eighth grade class because kids forget it over a 12-week span. So here's my idea. You take one day off of the school week and you get rid of the random school improvement days and the random, you know, federal holidays, and you say we're going to do a Monday through Thursday or a Tuesday through Friday week, and that one day, half that day for teachers is their professional development time because as it sits right now, many districts do – a weird sort of alternating schedule where like one day of the week, the first uh, hour of the day is no students. And it's just something called PLC, which is professional learning community. Yeah. So why do we take instructional time away from the kids during the week and then jam up teachers with meetings? You know, we have meetings three days a week. And then two days a week, we have PLC just at the subject level. Well, I, I want to get Alex to weigh in before we run out of time, John, but that was that was an excellent point. Um, what do you think, Alex, about how this should be used for teachers? You know, well, I think um, professional development is a huge thing for teachers. And the ones who really like their work don't want the time to do that kind of, de- sort of professional development. And this is one of the things that a four-day week allows for educators but also, you know, when you look at other kinds of companies, lots of them actually, you know, encourage people to use that time to, 
uh, take classes, to do other other kinds of uh, sort of professional or creative things, and it really everybody's benefit. I'd also mention that homeschooling is actually a place where we're seeing a pretty large amount of, of experimentation with four-day week schedules, and so I think that it's you know it is something well worth experimenting with. And you know, I hope you know John gets the chance to you know yeah. look to design and run a school that works on this kind of schedule. Absolutely. um, We see how it actually plays out. We got a nice comment from Chelsea who couldn't remain on the line. She said uh, she's in the South Loop. Um, She says a four-day work week can contribute to a better work-life balance. And that scenario could allow for more bandwidth to volunteer and be better neighbors and community members. Thanks for the comment, Chelsea. We're out of time. That is Alex Sujun Kim Pang, writer and founder of the consulting firm Strategy and Rest. Alex, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thanks so much, Sasha. Great to be with you. And that's today's Reset. We'd like you to think of this podcast as a little 17-minute getaway each day, featuring in-depth interviews, news you can use, and stories of people trying to make Chicago a better place to live. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.